Well, so uh, welcome to machine learning. And uh, this morning I want to talk about linear regression. So linear regression um, is uh, a little bit different from polyfit. Polyfit, you can take uh, a set of uh, numbers, uh, continuous numbers, and then you can set it as a first polynomial or a second polynomial uh, curve fit to go through the to find the, the values. And uh, versus linear regression, which is taking a set of continuous numbers um, and then making a prediction. So in the case where I was doing magnitudes on the earthquake, I took the latitude, longitude, uh, lapse day since the 7.0 earthquake and um, uh, uh, and was then uh, predicting what the, the magnitude of the earthquake would be and uh, it was it was interesting because uh, what the prediction showed is the more longer the elapsed days between the earthquake, it seemed like the more energy that was building up in the system and the larger the earthquake. Not sure if that is any proof of that, but uh, that's what the data um, suggested was happening. And, um, but uh, there's some th things that, that I didn't consider, like, uh, for example, I didn't just lo lo localize that to a specific area like Japan or, or Europe. Uh, I could have done that, and uh, in some of those cases, I, I took uh, and did a search uh, by place, by Japan, and uh, and and showed all the earthquakes that are occurring um, in Japan. Uh, so I'll, that's all I would have needed to do is just filter out by locality, and then see if that correlation still existed. Uh, between uh, lapse days and the magnitude of the quake. Now, it wasn't always that way because it, right off the beginning, uh, there was one that, that uh, had an earthquake right away that was fairly large. Um, but then it could have been that that was at the beginning of the, the data set and the elapsed days uh, was very small because, you know, we don't have any... any uh, so it's probably what I done is uh, got rid of the endpoint data because that, that kind of skews your, your, your uh, uh, data because of the comparison because you don't have a previous uh, date to compare against. Um, or I could have used an average. That might have been better to kind of figure it out an average and then use that as my beginning elapsed day. Um, so, linear regression takes multiple features, and you can feed that into a fit function, and then you can pass in the test uh, from your train test split uh, algorithm. You can feed that into your predict, and then once you get your predictions, then you can plot uh, one feature against the predictions and see how the different features and the predictions correlate. Now you can also start analyzing probability and see if there's any correlation in the data 
between the outcome and the feature. So uh, we talked about using uh, the probabilities and and how the different probabilities based on uh, the different categories are impacting the outcomes. So there's a lot of inference that can be done at the probability level. And uh, drawing those inferences out is what uh, is very important in machine learning. Uh, and so that becomes, uh, you know, it becomes the important analysis. One of the things I'm starting to believe is that large companies have pipelines. They have, uh, they have, uh, you know, data lakes, Hadoop Hive, and um, and PySpark, and they're they're building machine learning pipelines to analyze the data from the IoT devices. And but you know, as far as uh, companies analyzing their data and uh, uh, drawing conclusions from it. I, you know, I don't feel like there's um, every company has a machine learning engineer on staff. And so um, there is still this huge opportunity for consulting in machine learning uh, and also drawing uh, efficiency conclusions based on machine learning experimentation. So the, um, uh, the those factors, I think, will contribute to uh, jobs in the future as more people learn Python and begin to uh, build uh, pipelines. I think it's very fascinating to ask questions about the data and then try to engineer the data in such a way that you can answer those questions. Um, it, it allows for it allows for lots of uh, of uh, analysis and engineering of the data. So perhaps we're at the stage where everyone is doing uh, data engineering, and uh, and the later the data science will kick in and there'll be more statistic analysis and there will be more uh, deep learning analysis. Primarily I, what I find is that uh, the experimentation is more interesting with the statistical analysis because they uh, are testing hypothesis so they're already asking questions about the data and so by doing different visualizations and uh, looking at the data, you can draw some inferences about it, and then you can test it out with the uh, p-values and statistical significance to see, and confidence intervals to see if, if uh, your conclusions are right. So that, that becomes... Uh, kind of exciting when you can think about uh, the world that way because once you have things statistically then you uh, you have some rationale to come back on to explain 
why you believe the way you do. And it's not just a rule of thumb, but you're following quantitative analysis. So the quantitative analysis can get more robust as you think about the different cases. And, uh, and just like mathematics, you will have real analysis or real case analysis that can apply to statistics. And I saw a little bit of that in DataCamp when I took the courses where they were analyzing the different populations and, the, and drawing uh, different conclusions based on the assumptions about the models. Now, what's interesting is that machine learning and PyTorch and you know neural nets, they can discover this functionality and they can discover the different rules in the data um, automatically. And uh, that's a pretty powerful feature to the AI and deep learning is the ability to discover these rules. One thing I've been kind of curious to see is if uh, there will be a company that will eventually come out with like a low cost CT scan. Uh, do like a full body CT scan. So you uh, step into a chamber and it, uh, you know, just basically um, does a, a full scan of your body. And then the neural net uh, analyzes for any abnormalities like cancer, uh, bone growth, you know, arthritis, um, maybe even the beginnings of uh, uh, Parkinson's disease or, uh, you know, those type of uh, things that could be plaguing people that are causing health issues. And it could be an early prevention mechanism. See, it seems bad to be able to have to wait until you're in the, the early stages or mid-stages or even final stages of a, a terrible disease to discover it. What if you could have discovered the disease earlier or the tumor earlier and then the AI tell you that, uh, you know, there's potential hazards and, the, and then you could take those results into your physician and, and uh, receive medication or, or uh, have surgeries to uh, fix the problem. And the question will be in the future is, you know, with the, the advancements in bio, biology, if uh, we will see that uh, there will be less of a uh, desire for surgery and more for a genetic solution to fix uh, problems caused from genetic uh, defect. I mean, I remember about 20 years ago or 20, even close to 30, they were talking about how molecular therapy would be the replacement for the scalpel and that advancements in technology were going to be such that uh, 
molecular therapy would be <clears throat> the new way of, of uh, you know, healing. And it was kind of a disappointment because even though molecular therapy was explaining a lot of the uh, diseases and problems people were having, we saw so little occur in the healthcare industry for uh, caring for those who were sick. And, um, and it's due to the tort law, the liability issues. And so there's, uh, there's uh, so much risk associated with any new procedure that everything has to be uh, calculated in terms of risk. And so these new procedures um, have to be reviewed and then they have to be accepted and then doctors have to be trained in it. So the new doctors uh, that are coming out, they have uh, access to a lot of the high tech, but then they're brand new and so they have to work within the system and they can't necessarily introduce the new high tech. So it's, it will be an um, opportunity for innovative companies to introduce uh, systems that can give the general masses better information about conditions that are going on in their body. And also, uh, we're, we, we need to have smart expert systems that explain to us what doctors are telling us. Um, I've often thought of an app where you just record everything that the doctor says, and then the AI um, converts the conversation into text, and then you use a natural language uh, processor to summarize what the doctor's telling you. And uh, because a lot of times they're talking about different terminology and you don't really understand, okay, if you don't understand physiology, you know, they've been trained in physiology, nerve systems, uh, chemistry, and pharmaceutical, and all these different things. And, you know, they have a brief amount of time to sit down and talk to you, and it's very condensed and it's very technical. And a lot of times you don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and for me, I have to understand it. It has to be real precise, and I have to understand it to for it to mean something to me. And so um, I, I could see the possibility of, of AI playing a, a critical role there. Another one I was looking at is uh, on drugs. Uh, you know, this morning I was looking at uh, drugs and, and reviews of, uh, of uh, users on specific drugs. And it was interesting because there was one that said that uh, I think when they were taking Lyrica, they were saying that uh, they could hear Morse code in their head. And at first I thought, well, I don't think this is a real review, that this sounds almost like sarcastic, you know, like it's a joke. And, uh, and then I thought about it a little bit more, and I said, it's possible that this man uh, had as a hobby Morse code, and he could hear... Uh, patterns that were, you know, in his brain uh, that were affecting him. And so they were talking about, the, these reviews were talking about side effects of Lyrica. And um, then I started thinking, well, maybe you could use the AI to analyze the text 
and try to determine whether or not the content was uh, was was truthful or fictitious. So you could use AI to uh, uh, remove reviews that seem to be spam-like or uh, that didn't seem to be credible in their claims. And so uh, that could also be really nice because, you know, if you're like a company that's retail and you've got a lot of uh, comments that are out there, you could um, weed through the comments and figure out which ones were real comments and which ones may be uh, like a robot trying to make the comment to improve ratings or or something like that because occasionally they'll say are you a robot and then you have to click a bunch of images to prove that you're not a robot um, and so you know they're concerned about the authenticity that way of, uh, of, a, of a review but what if you could uh, look at the content and it could uh, determine based on the um, type of information, put it in a deep learning network of s stuff that was false reviews versus true reviews, authentic reviews, and then have it uh, run through the filter, through the word assembly, uh, convert it, and then feed that into as a matrice into the deep learning network and uh, maybe have a binomial outcome of uh, either uh, authentic or fake or maybe a confidence number could be given of which one was uh, real and which one was fake and so I started thinking about that as a possibility of of looking to, to uh, uh, use the AI to classify and and uh, you know protect against uh, uh, intrusive reviews but uh, could be damaging and, and also could create lots of noise and then the other thing I was thinking about is uh, you know some reviews they, they tell you lots of important information and they're very helpful and then there's others that kind of like uh, are too generalized they're not very specific and uh, they don't add much value. Could the AI at that point uh, determine what is a good review based on the content and what is a poor review and then bring the, the really good reviews uh, to your attention? And, you know, the way that's been done in the past is with helpful votes that the people read it and then they're like, Yes, this was very helpful, and uh, and then the votes, the reviews with the highest number of votes rise to the top. But the AI could learn when a new review comes in, if it uh, it has the potential to be a great review, based on the you know the what it's learning of previous reviews that consumers really liked. So it could uh, uh, evaluate what it considers to be um, a great review 
and then uh, and then evaluate the new content based on whether or not the new content uh, will have be a, a great review. And in those in those cases, uh, the AI could then bring that review front and center to the larger population, and they could uh, then read it, and they don't. And that would give them a better chance because sometimes what they do is they just use uh, here are the new reviews and then you go sort through the new reviews. It's kind of like they do it like uh, with shopping, you know. You got the stuff that's on sale, you got the stuff that uh, is not on sale, and then you got new items that are are out, and then you put that in the front so everyone sees a you know maybe a new brand. And then, you know, over time, you kind of get lost in the uh, diversity of, of, the, of the products. And so, uh, you know, if you're, if you're using AI, what you're doing is you're, you're watching the whole thing, you're watching the data, and you're watching what uh, people are interested in. And then those things that people are interested in are being uh, put in the areas that are uh, easy for them to access and uh, find, you know, and so uh, it, it then would help with the cells because there it's easier to locate the things that are are like wow I want to I want to spend money on that. Okay, well, at work, um, have a good day and happy coding in Python.